And what's up, podcast people and soundtrack geniuses around the world? You're listening to The Soundcast, the official podcast of tracksounds.com. And on this year's podcast, we talk all things film, television, and video game music. I'm Christopher Coleman, and assembling with me today is... Shazam! Dane Walker, composer in parentheses. And I'm Kristen Romanelli from FilmScore Monthly Online. Today is Monday, March 11th, 2019, and this is episode 136, where we review Pinar Toprak's original score for Captain Marvel. You can find all episodes of the Soundcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Radio Public, and Google Podcasts. You can send us your feedback at soundcast at tracksounds.com. You can use our SpeakPipe widget, which we really like. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Audio Soundcast or on the mighty Facebook. Well, welcome to the end of Phase 3, finally. Maybe we're finally at the end of Phase 3. We're at the end game. We're almost at the end game. This but was we just the had movie to get... before Captain America dies. It... Hmm? What? Okay. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's my theory, it's, and I'm sticking to it. It's at the end of Phase 3, but yet we needed to get one more origin story in there before we ended Phase 3. We're going to be talking about Captain Marvel, which released just a couple days ago on March 8th. It is the 21st entry into the MCU, and it's the ninth film of Phase 3, the interminable Phase 3. Uh, Captain Marvel, if you don't know, is an extraterrestrial Kree warrior who finds herself caught in the middle of an intergalactic battle between her people and the Skrulls. Living on Earth in 1995, she keeps having recurring memories of another life as a U.S. Air Force pilot, Carol Danvers. With help from Nick Fury, Captain Marvel tries to uncover the secrets of her past while harnessing her special superpowers to end the war with the evil Skrulls. Captain Marvel is directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They also co-wrote the screenplay with a number of other people like Nicole Perlman, Geneva Robertson, Dwaré, Meg Lefavre, Liz Fla. There's a lot of people who wrote this script. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Liz Flive, I hope I got that right, and Carly Mench. Uh, the original score, of course, is by Pinar Toprak. And the score was released on the same day, March 8th, 2019, by Hollywood Records and digitally only, which sucks because we need a CD. Rotten Tomatoes, 80% from the critics, 59% from the users, but who cares? We already know about the controversy about that. Uh, Metacritic gave it a 64%. It's earned $153 million domestic in its opening weekend and a $456 million world wide it's a box office explosion so that's our topic for tonight let's dive right in what did we know about captain marvel before seeing this movie i myself knew nothing i knew that she was a superhero in marvel and that she was powerful and that's pretty much it um dane what did you know zilch nada i thought captain marvel was a man and um, I was kind of right at one point. You were kind of right at one point. Yes. But not today. That's right. <laughs> I think Kristen has the most knowledge 
um, maybe you can drop some of the non-spoilery. <laughs> I know it, it gets it gets really really complicated. Um, yeah, just give us a a, a really really non-complicated so, non-spoilery. What Dane was referring to was the DC Comics Captain Marvel, but mm-hmm. then Marvel Comics, uh, which had Marvel got into like a copyright battle with DC over it. And at that point, DC had to rename their Captain Marvel to Shazam, Mm -hmm. um, which is an acronym of where Shazam gets his powers from. Anyway, (laughs) we'll visit that that. in April. (laughs) Yes, we probably will. But Shazam is still actually called Captain Marvel. They just title his comics Shazam. True story. Hmm. I found that out anyway. last night sitting in the theater. <laughs> anyway, there there are multiple versions of Captain Marvel. The first one in Marvel Comics was Marvel, which was a Kree warrior, male, um, mm-hmm. who showed up on Earth and uh, actually worked with Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers was the head of security at the defense base where uh, Marvel, his um, Earth identity, worked. Um, and then there was a female Captain Marvel in the 80s, whose name is a spoiler, so <laughs> okay. I can't go can't further into name. that. But she eventually went under different names, which I'll discuss later. And then Carol Danvers, the aforementioned head of security at the space, she became Ms. Marvel after an explosion at uh, this uh, military base, where she ended up absorbing Marvel's energy, um, which essentially made her part Cree, um, and she was still kept. Uh, she was still Ms. Marvel all the way up through 2012 when she mm. took on the mantle of Captain Marvel. Um, so. Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel is actually pretty recent, although there is precedence for the female Captain Marvel through the aforementioned spoiler name in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. Gotcha. Um, let's see. That's a spoiler. That's a spoiler. That's a spoiler. Pretty much everything All right. about there is a spoiler. Yeah. So you knew a lot about Captain Marvel going into the film. I really like Captain Marvel. Let's talk about the film and our general non-spoiler reaction to the film. Uh, Dane, yes. tell us. Tell you what I thought of the film? Do I have to? Um, I thought it was the best produced Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode I've ever seen. Ooh, did I wow. say that? Yes, I did. Okay. I really did. Are you talking like season four? Because season four was really good. I'm talking like <laughs> season one, which I never watched any after that. I watched two seasons. Once they got to the 
What were those people? The Inhumans, I was out. <laughs> oh, but the Inhumans really tie closely into Kree. So it's it actually... It looks so bad. I this like, isn't I as much of an insult as Dane thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, could, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it to be an insult. I really kind of meant it the way it came across, which is that it 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 didn't feel like what a, it, it didn't feel like the, the a typical Marvel movie. It felt like a TV mm. episode that was long. Mm. That's what I really mean by that, um, and mm. that's why I say it was the best produced Agents of Shield episode I've ever seen. Does that make sense? Which, I mean, like, it really kind of was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, really. It, it's, yeah. that, that makes sense. Uh, Star Trek Insurrection is the same way to me. Ooh, yeah. Had you seen an episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., I would... I had. It would make, oh, I thought you said you hadn't. No, I watched most of season, season one. Oh, okay, I misunderstood yeah, hey. what you said earlier. Come on. I misunderstood what you said. No, you just Crime. you just can't let go of the fact that I haven't seen all of uh, Airbender, and so you just apply that to everything now. I see how it is. It's mostly true. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you just thought it was a good TV show, basically. Good yeah, TV show. I, I mean, yeah, it didn't. I think one of the weaknesses I felt with it, and this is just my experience. I know that as I was sitting in the theater, my daughter had a completely different experience. She thought she was, you know, the, the, the movie was awesome, which I can understand, you know, uh, being a girl. Yeah. Uh, Kristen's thumbs upping that. Um, but I didn't find myself emotionally connecting to her character. Like I didn't care. Um, yeah. And I wanted to care. I found Lashana Lynch's character uh, much more interesting interesting and compelling i i was emotionally drawn to her with you know her story and and everything that was going on i just found you know brie larson's <laughs> this this i feel is a bit of an insult but her female version of henry cavill's stoic superman i just really <laughs> felt like i was like yeah you know but i will also say that i do think i need to see it again um because i think having gone through the whole ride i'd like to go back and see it again knowing everything and see if, yeah. like, if some of it made more sense. And I was more, I was like, oh, this means this, and this means that, you know, there's, there's a lot more in it to connect with. Um, yeah. But by contrast, I loved Wonder Woman from the moment I saw that film. And I, I would mm. I was so excited to see that film again. This one, not so much. Mm. Not so much. Yeah. I, I kind of feel somewhat similarly. I mean, I think it's a little, a couple steps above Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> um, but I was very much underwhelmed by this film. Uh, I went in with modest expectations. The trailers looked pretty good. Um, so I went in expecting, you know, a, 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 a an on-par MCU entry, and I felt it was a little bit beneath that. I thought the writing was pretty bad. Um, uh, I don't think the direction was very interesting either. Um, though I wouldn't call it a bad film, it was right. just below the MCU standard and that standard's pretty high now. I think I think uh, the Russo brothers in particular have raised the bar really well, but, high. But let's go back to like one of the first or, or origin story like the first Iron Man. First, does it does it relate to that? I I found it less does exciting. Does it relate to it? Does, is it as exciting, you know, that first film? No. I didn't think it was as exciting. Yeah. No. I, it's not. But I thought but it was. A, a lot of really <laughs> a lot of that has to do with the characters and you know, Robert Downey Jr., he's he is the character and you could put him in almost any film and he's going to elevate it. Um, so 
I, I will say this in thinking about her character, the more I thought about it and the more, you know, over the time, there, it was just missing one little kernel of thought that could have been expressed at the beginning and she would have been more compelling in that role, which we can get to in the spoiler section. But okay. there's, there's one little thing that wasn't explained. The more I thought about it later, I was like, oh, that actually makes more sense now to me. I, I didn't think Brie Larson was ended up being the best choice for the character. Um, now, I saw her on Jimmy Kimmel, and she was lively and perky and funny. And I was like, where was that person? Carol now, maybe Danvers so, isn't perky. Yeah, maybe that is <laughs> that's the character. Um, but right, maybe we're just ignorant it, of the character, Chris, and that's why. We well, didn't. it's it's very true, but somehow, if that's the character, you've got to convey that. Some you've got to somehow that has to be explained, or it just you need to understand it. So Are like, you oh. telling Captain Marvel to smile? Oh. I'm not telling her to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna steal your motorcycle. Her, I'm telling her to have have some life. <laughs> That's what I'm saying to, to have well, a little and, energy. And that's what I'm reacting to. I think we can discuss in the spoiler section because there is an aspect of her character that was not initially addressed right away. And and when I got to the end and was thinking about the movie after watching it, I was like, oh, if they had made that clear. Right from the get-go, yeah. it would have made Maybe. her character make so much more sense as is. Maybe. 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 Kristen, you're the Captain Marvel, Marvel, Ms. Marvel expert. What was your reaction to this movie? I liked it. Um, it's not as smooth as what we're used to expecting now. It's no Black Panther. But it did have me thinking back to Iron Man, which is, you know, kind of rough when you put it up against something like Black Panther. Um, there's a problem with origin mm. stories, definitely. Um, and we did have to sit through another origin story. Um, they tried to tell it in an interesting way. I'll give them that. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I liked, I liked her, though. Um, Carol Danvers' comics personality, it's it's like a mix of military strength, swagger, and empathy. So, you know, Perky is more left to, you know, oh my gosh, Kara Danvers. It's it's a different Danvers that you want. <laughs> I don't know who that person is. Supergirl. Um, oh, are they related? No, they're oh, not. Oh, no, they can't be. That's DC. They're uh, not. Um, then... The name was purposely chosen, though, to be oh, really? closely correlated. Why did they do that? <laughs> um, anyway, um, in the movies, you know, I feel like some of the the empathetic side of her and some of the human side of her is lost when, you know, she she is with the Kree. She is, you know, one of their agents. And yeah. I think that is that part is sort of fighting out of her as mm -hmm. she's on earth and rediscovering parts of herself. Um, and we really get to see it more when she's with Maria and Maria's daughter. Mm -hmm. Some, yeah, some, there's some, there's some, there's some a little more going on in those flashbacks. <laughs> and when, yeah, well, oh, that's spoilery. Um, okay. Um, I, 
I guess it's just the mix of of characters overall. I didn't really like what they did with with um, Nick Fury. It was just weird. Uh, he was so different. Um, I like it. Nick ha- Fury's been through some ish. I mean, I'm sure he has. It, but he, it was. It's interesting to see a person before they've been through some ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get all. I get that. It just was weird. No, uh, and they need he needed to be that way, especially in contrast to her being pretty, pretty just. Yeah, she's very straightforward, keel. very matter of fact. She does yeah. have a military mindset. Yeah, uh, yeah, she does. So I understand, you know, pairing them together, someone's got to have a little, a little zest to them, and so he did. It was, it just felt weird. It just, it was a weird mm-hmm. uh, portrayal of, of of Nick Fury. Um, Okay, uh, so I think Kristen, you probably like the film the most out of us three. Probably sounds like <laughs> it. I, I don't know if I want to see it again in the theater. I'm, I'm happy to to buy it just because the completest in me is like gotta own it, um, and I'll watch it again and it might get better. I tell you what, I did do. Cannot be complete without this film. Yeah, I think I'll have them all. Um, I I went and watched. Uh, Captain America First Avenger after watching this. Mm-hmm. And man, that movie was a lot better than I remember. <laughs> oh man, that is a great movie. So it, good. <laughs> it's been a couple years since I watched it and I was like, you know what? This is a really well done film. And I don't know what made me want to see that afterwards. It's kind of, maybe there's somewhat similar, I don't know. There's some things like, I want to see another origin story and I picked that one because they kind of seem to have some things in common. But man, that was a really well-written, uh, well-put-together movie. Aside from the villain, I don't think they did a very good job with Red Skull. But um, I think they could have taken a few lessons from from that, from that film. Um, because Captain America is pretty straight, you know, pretty right down the middle. Not He doesn't have a huge amount of personality, but you get it. You get him. And you and I connected with not because he's a man, but just because just his plight and his personality. Maybe it was because of how they told the story this time for Captain Marvel was a little harder too, because you're just getting bits and pieces as you go through. Um, it, would it possibly because be because of that alien aspect of it? Yeah, that I think that possibly we're bordering on spoilers, bordering. Well, we yeah okay. It, well, the the we'll synopsis describes her as a Cree warrior, which yeah, yeah she's yeah. So uh, not really I, I don't think that's really a spoiler. No, no, that that's no, not I, a spoiler. I think. Okay, well, save the the, yeah. save the fact it. that she's not a Cree warrior. All right, let's talk about the score then. What's our general reaction <laughs> to the score? Um, Dane, what was your reaction to the score? Uh, first of all, for those who were wondering, uh, my theater flipping rocks. Uh, the score came through solidly in the theater. I mean, bam, it was awesome. And uh, Pinar has outdone herself. This is a fantastic score. 
absolutely fantastic score and it deserves all the praise it is receiving. Okay. And what about you, Kristen? Oh, my theater is terrible. <laughs> um, the mix, the mix was super low. Um, but the brightness of the synths really stood out and mm. I was, I was very pleased with that. Um, whenever I heard that, I, I kind of perked up a bit. Um, made little scribble notes about it. <laughs> <laughs> Had some things to say. So, but so what did you think of the score itself? I liked it a lot. Um, again, uh, taking in the whole MCU, it would be sort of high middle for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the synthy aspects of it, I definitely liked, um, I, it, it ties her into the Guardians of the Galaxy Thor Ragnarok world mm-hmm. of it, um, which the career part of. Um, mm-hmm. So I I liked having that sort of sonic connection to that because she was she was more part of the Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy comics and that sort of thing. Hmm. Okay. I really enjoy the score quite a bit, but it has nothing to do with seeing it in the theater because I couldn't (laughs) hear it. Um, The mix was bad and the volume was really low. And I don't know why they do this. Yeah, my Um, album experience was significantly better than the theater. I came home, put it on Spotify, and I was like, I heard none of this during the movie. I mean, it's like, these are all brand new tracks to me. (laughs) And I was very, very impressed with the score. I've listened to it several times since. I I mean, I genuinely really, really like it. It's very listenable from start to finish. I can't say that about all the MCU scores. This one though, I mean, from the, from the first track on it's, it's a, it's, it's a perfect MCU score. It has, the MCU tropes in it, musical tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she injects her own things in there. And uh, so it feels, it feels consistent with the universe, but fresh at the same time. And I think she did a really good job of finding a balance there. Um, yeah. A lot so, of it doesn't feel like filler track too, which yeah. is thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think she did such a good job. So if you haven't heard the score, by itself yet i highly recommend that you find it on spotify or buy it on itunes or amazon or wherever um and there definitely needs to be a cd release of this or vinyl. hollywood records awesome or somewhere yeah i would imagine it's gonna happen i mean it, it's doing so well it will um, make whatever be... you're doing seem really exciting yes it does <laughs> right you know i i feel like this is the 90s han zimmer i've been missing the score i can see that i can see it that. didn't feel like Hans zimmer to oh, me well, at it's, all it's definitely pinar but it's it's got that yeah this is not what i it's not what i think of when i think of 90s Hans zimmer at all where he has this big huge expansive synths going you know um the crimson tides the 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 rock you know, that's the uh, 90s. I think it's definitely mm-hmm. in there. Think Lion King, Ooh. think all of that era. 
No, no? not at all. Just with not richer, even a little richer bit. scoring? Richard Orchestra? Not even a little. No, no, not even a little. Well, it's not amazing. for me. I like it. I not could see me. it being an evolution of that. Thank mm. you. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way to me, but that's okay. All right, let's talk about some of our standout tracks from from the score. Um, Kristen, why don't you go first, and we'll just round robin it real quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, Captain Marvel, getting right into it. Um, I really like this as the theme. Um, it is very on brand, but I don't know. It kind of like wraps you into it. Dane, give us one. Hot pursuit, and all I want to say is. Thank you for the electric guitar. The electric guitar is really good in this movie. No, the sense in the electric guitar good. is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. A really good track. Um, and Captain Marvel is too. It sets the tone. It's a great theme. Mm-hmm. Pretty memorable. I think it's very memorable, actually. Especially if they use it again ever sometime in the future ever. <laughs> maybe <laughs> use game. it. Maybe use it once, maybe. Alan? Um, <laughs> are we going to use it, Alan? <laughs> um, I like that it, it kind of has that Ryan Tyler Thor rhythm to it uh, in the first part I was like where have I heard this before it's almost identical to the rhythm that, that Ryan Tyler uses in Thor very similar um, did you say waking up was that the one you were going to say yeah. Kristen yeah I agree with that one I, it's soft Soft vocals, a little electronic uh, synthy thing going on. I really enjoyed that. I really, really enjoyed how she used synths in this. It's it's kind of a really delicate treatment of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. If there was like a synth ballerina, this is like synth ballerina. <laughs> I like it. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I was going to say why she used it like a harp. Mm, you know, it's just kind of like it's out yeah, there. It doesn't really, really good. It flitters. Yeah, that's that's why I was that's why I said ballerina when I should and that's have what said doesn't sound musical. like Zimmer to me because Zimmer doesn't use a synth with much you. delicacy. I you know, <laughs> it's very aggressive. Um, give us another one, Dane. Hot pursuit. Oh, I said that right. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you I'm really like that one. I really I do like, like that. One. Escaping the basement is so good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um. It's got the synth. It's got um, some. Uh, I love the Don Davis stuff that she does. That mm. s- surprised me. And it's a little bit in there. What's the track? Um, Entering Enemy Territory. It's very Don Davis. It's got yeah. the brass, got the strings. I was like, what the heck? Why didn't I hear this in the film? It would have made the scene so much better. Uh, that really works with the 90s, too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, in your basement track. I mean, it's like 90s suspense thriller stuff, mm. you know? I thought, man, what a what a brilliant direction to go. Um, Kristen, give us another one. Learning the truth. Learning the truth. Mm-hmm. The yeah. string writing in that is to die for. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Dane, another one? Uh, high score. The high score is uh, great. 
I don't remember that one. What's that one about? I don't even know where it is in the movie. <laughs> just know it's great on the album. I would it's assume towards the had, end, isn't it? Yeah, and I would assume it had to do with that uh, pinball machine, didn't it? Um. All right. Any other particular tracks you want to mention? Um. I really liked I'm All Fired Up. That's when she becomes the full inferno and mm. everything just kind of like swells up and bursts. Yeah. It, it does that in the soundtrack as well. And yeah. I actually got goosebumps in the theater at that point, which... Was, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Loved that. I, I felt the same. I thought it was a great, great scene. Um, um, and also, this isn't goodbye at the very end. I really liked... I think it was clarinet line it was either clarinet or soprano sax i'm not sure mm. but then it, that builds into the full theme mm-hmm. um I, I i really like the structure of that mm. i have to revisit that one Um, well, to finish out our discussion on Captain Marvel, we're going to introduce a curveball to the discussion. Um, what a twist! What, what a, a twist. twist! We're going to do a scroll-like twist, uh, and we're going to talk about Alita: Battle Angel with an original score by Tom Holkenberg, Junkie XL, whichever name you want to call him or know him by. Um, it was weird because I saw Captain Marvel on Thursday night, and then I went to see Alita finally on Saturday, and I was like, "There's a lot of commonalities <laughs> between these two movies." Um, and I thought, "Well, let's talk about Alita in context with or in contrast to uh, Captain Marvel a little bit." Um, we all have seen Captain Mar- um, Alita, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think we all have. Um, how do you think it compares with Captain Marvel, uh, Dane? Well, on the surface, they're similar. They're um, two women figuring out who they are, right? I mean, that's kind of the whole point of, of both of them. Um, but one is a beautiful but violent coming-of-age story, that being Alita, And the other one is the story of an abused woman figuring out that she can rise above it all and be stronger than her captors and do good in the world. So I thought one was um, I really Alita for me was like a beautiful, compelling as a father. I watched it and thought of my daughter 
Mm. Um, you know, it was a beautiful coming of age. There were so many good, like father daughter moments in that film. Um, whereas the other one was more of an adult woman discovering who she really is. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does. That There's a difference there. I was just surprised that there's any commonality at all, other than there's female leads in both. As I was watching, I was like, hmm. Yeah, hmm. discovery is the key issue, right? Who am mm-hmm. I? Yeah, answering that question. And yeah. they're both super duper powerful. Like, way powerful. <laughs> Not just, oh, I got some skills. And, they and, are off the chart powerful. And there are uh, men trying to take advantage of their power for their own gain. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think? What? How do you think it? How do you think it fared, Kristen? I liked it. Um, I was a big fan of the Battle Angel manga and the OVA, and I thought this What's was OVA. It's uh, the original video anime animation. There's um, like episodes of that, right? Mm. No. What's or, what is I, it then? I think it's like it might be two parts, but. It was just a release. It's like an hour long? To video. Yeah. Okay. I think I've seen that in the early 90s, right? I thought it was late 90s, but... In the 90s sometime. Sometime in the 90s. Okay. <laughs> Which was way more long, long ago. ago than <laughs> we like ago. to think. Um, but I thought this was a really good interpretation of that source material. Um you know, there are those definite similarities with Captain Marvel. One's a robot, one's an allegedly stoic woman. <laughs> <laughs> and oddly, the robot had more emotion than the stoic woman. You know, you and, said it, Chris. You well, said it. Alita, For me, she had... She, Alita's she, more of an innocent in this in mm-hmm. here. I mean, she's uncovering fragments of her past ever. Yeah, but and she finding emotes. out that she is a super powerful war machine. And yeah. then Captain Marvel, we have a super powerful war machine finding out that she wasn't innocent. So, oh, Ooh, I oh, like very it. Interesting. Like it. But one emotes all the time. All the time. Through the whole process. That's because she's a teenager, and that's what happens. Trust well, me. Maybe, maybe oh my so. gosh, she is maybe such so. a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Cute boys and uh, dangerous sports. I am and in. There are there are pets involved with each one too. Cat for one, little dog for the other one. Oh, oh man, Jeff Fahey and Alita. As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh my god, it's Lawnmower who's, Man. Who's Jeff Fahey? Lawnmower Man. Oh. He was in this? He, he was, was in Alita? Alita. He was the, the dog guy. Oh, hmm. okay. Did not recognize. Oh, man. You uh, didn't recognize his eyes and his, his bushy eyebrows? Nay, I did not. Wow. Um, I thought that was a great cameo. Um, but yeah. Uh, Tom Holkenborg working with Conrad Pope is really working out for him. Um, Seems to. I I. I think, I think he's really bringing out something, something really nice in in his music. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying this partnership quite a bit. Do you do you favorite the score over Captain Marvel? Or are they comparable? I mean, they're different. They are. They're very yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Which would you listen to more? No. Well, I can um, say this. Go ahead, Kristen. 
I I feel like if I was working on something, I would listen to Captain Marvel. And if I was just listening, I would listen to Alita. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. And you, Dane? I think Captain Marvel would get more play with me, only because mm. it's probably the last one, two, three, four, five. It's the last six tracks of Alita that are just like, oh my gosh, it's awesome. Um, there's the a couple at the it, beginning that are great they are they are but they don't hold me all the way but from this that you know six six from the end down i'm i'm all in like i stop doing whatever i'm doing and i just take the ride it's so great raising the sword is whew, oh, i yeah. love that track Absolutely. that track is awesome it's killer that's yeah it's one of my favorites this year for sure yeah yeah um, i was super surprised at Alita, I didn't think I was going to like it. Uh, I was just like, I need to see it. I wanted to see it, but I just had super low expectations. And it's got problems. It's got a number of problems. But oh, the action choreography is fantastic. Um, It's a typical Rodriguez film. Yeah, Rodriguez is very visually forward. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But is his is his fight choreography really good? I can't say I've seen a ton of his um, a lot of movies with fights in them by him. Desperado, Desperado? <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I haven't. Like I said, I haven't seen. Oh man, you should go watch all of those. <laughs> oh, those are amazing. Man. Okay. Once Upon a Time in Mexico was like required viewing in my film classes. It was. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that th- no. what he did in this film. El Mariachi. Was, El Mariachi is before Desperado, but yeah, El Mariachi I'll, I'll, was see required that. See all three Okay, it's a trilogy. I'll put them on my list. But there were there were things in here which are mu- very much different from what do you call it? An o- the OVA because I've seen the two episode thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about an hour long total, I think. The one from the nineties. There ain't nothing in that that w- could match up with what they did in this film. I mean, I. It's been a long time since I've been like gobsmacked by a fight scene. Um, and, you know, her move and spoilers for Alita, her move with the one arm, the one hand mm-hmm. <laughs> business. I was like, holy moly. I mean, I was really, really impressed with with how they did the action. Um, I Which is. Oh, uh, I was a little overwhelmed by the violence. It was a little more than I was expecting. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, and the guy getting watch those. The guy getting his head ground down and then pop, and then like the end when he's like, "This is how she's getting to the top." And poor, uh, what what's the actress? I can't remember. And Jennifer Connelly <laughs> is like, "There's her eyeballs, yeah. her brain, her hands, and her feet." I was like, "That sucks." Yeah. You know, <laughs> I couldn't even take it. Anime. I was like, and then the, she slices the guy's face off at one point. I mean, it's just some of the violence. Yeah. I was like, I, I've had, it wasn't bloody I've had, though. No, I know, but it, it was a- just. I, I, and, you know, to to the credit of the film, I started feeling for these robots. Yeah. Right. So then when the, the horrible things were happening to them, I was like, this is terrible. Um, it just was a lot to take in. I was like, oh. it was. Mm. I took and my you wife. Know, you know was, who was great in this? Herschel Alley. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He was good. He was he was he was good. You mean um, Academy really Award winning Herschel Alley? There's a lot of Academy Award winners in this movie. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly, man. Jennifer Connelly, um, Christoph Waltz. Mm -hmm. He did a great job as well. When are Um, we going to get Christoph Waltz in the MCU? It's just a matter of time. 
they, we just everyone did will be in the MCU eventually. Together. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to make an appearance at some point in time. Um, but yeah, I think it compares very favorably to uh, Captain Marvel. I mean, overall, I came out much more entertained as a whole uh, in watching Alita. Um, mm. Problems and all. I mean, it introduces a zillion things and pays off none of them, really. It just kind of sets everything up. It's only but... a half-star difference for me. Oh, really? Yeah. In favor of? In favor of Captain Marvel. Yeah, but you can oh, see wow. that coming. You can see that coming. I could see what coming? <laughs> that she was going to be in favor of Marvel. No, I, I didn't. I, I, know, I know she liked a Alita. Star. I gave Alita three and a half, and I gave Captain Marvel four. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, and then in terms of Holkenberg's score, I think it's I think it's maybe his best. Um, oh, I, I would say that. Yeah, I, I, like I mean I like Mad, Mad Max, Max. Road, but this one was this tops it. Good. Yeah, but that's probably the Conrad Pope influences because when he goes clearly Holkenberg, and we hear the 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 Man of String, a uh, Man of String, the Man of Steel stringy things and these elements that we've heard before I was like, eh. but when it sounds like not him that's when it's great <laughs> well <laughs> i was gonna say you know not I typically him i should right, say right right i i i would say that it's you know conrad is, is orchestrating and so i think he's introducing the hulkenberg introducing hulkenberg to some you know, like the woodwind writing in this is fantastic and that's a conrad pope influence mm. for sure but maybe it's just him sitting back and saying, "Hey Tom, why don't you try this?" You know, or or maybe Tom is is doing it and didn't have the team around him at the time to help him get it done before. You know, it's possible. They did they collab on Mortal Engines as well? Yes, they did. I, I didn't. Mortal Engines didn't stick with me. That I need first to track, though, that London it. track. Yeah, that's amazing. I still haven't seen the film. It's it's on VOD now, I think. But um, yeah, I have to. It's sci-fi. I have to see it. Okay. Uh, I do. <laughs> Just like no, I'm Alita, saying, okay, like, you're sci-fi. <laughs> it's like Alita. I had to see it, even though I wasn't super excited to see it. Um, all right. Any any other thoughts about Alita, especially in comparison to? To Captain Marvel, very different films, but there are some commonalities there. Some maybe superficial ones, but um, I was surprised that I liked Alita a good amount more than than Captain Marvel. I I would have never have guessed that would have been the case. Final I, thoughts? I know that a lot of people looked at Alita and they were like, "Oh, well, this is a train wreck." I mean, I looked at it kind of being like, uh, "This might be a train wreck." So. Go watch it. It's not perfect, but it is a decent time in the theater. Um, it is. Yeah, this there's, is a this is a decent couple of hours to kick. So there's <laughs> there's a there was some great lessons in it um, for that I took away. I literally took a line away from that movie that I will use with my daughter. Actually. There was a couple of things that were said in the film. I thought, oh, I need to say that to my daughter. That's important. She needs to hear that. Mm. Um, Be nice don't to go dogs. out at night by yourself. No, no. Actually, where he says, this is your body. 
and it's not neither good nor bad. That's up to you. I thought, wow, what a great <laughs> line. What a great line. Um, yeah. Uh, just, there was a lot of good sci-fi use of a robot to teach us about humans in that. I thought it was really, there was some valuable takeaways that I took from it. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Kristen's looking I, at me with that look that says I said something that wasn't quite interesting. I, <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought from your like tweets and stuff that you really did not like Alita. Me? Dane. Me? Oh, Dane. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a hard, rough movie for me to watch. I, I don't like that kind of violence. Um, hmm. Just gratuitous it is definitely stylized anime violence. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the danger of violence like that is to forget that there is a consequence to it. Does that make sense? Maybe. I don't know. I just like people getting their heads chopped off. <laughs> geysers of blood going everywhere. Well, but that's, at least that's, that's real. That's my aesthetic. So. <laughs> at least that's real. No, I... Yeah. I I think what I'm saying about it with ro robotic injury and all of that, it's all fake and they come right back. It was like my, my wife actually made the point. She, she, she said it's video game violence, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and there is a, there is something to, um, to that, to, to watching a lot of that, I guess to me, I don't, I don't enjoy it. On the anime scale, this was pretty tame. Yeah. <laughs> Very I've tame. seen like Ghost in the Shell, and I'm recalling all of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell has its moments. Yeah, it does. Um, I'm thinking of Berserk. Yeah, even <laughs> Ghost in the Shell is. Tame. It's not. It's not tame, but it's certainly not. And I'm talking old Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're about. Okay. Yeah. No, there's some stuff out there that's like some of that is like I I can't <laughs> right I can't it's just too <laughs> it's just too there's some sick people who make some of these things that just ain't no way around it's like man y'all are messed up you're just messed up in the head somewhere um, so I get I mean I wasn't expecting anime type violence in this it I, it surprised me that that it surprises me that. Um, it, it impacted you as much as it did. I, I, maybe I've gotten, I mean, he like hardened to it. Cuts but. a guy, he cuts a kid in half, like right in front of you at one point. Like the one gang of kids, he's like, "All right, rip," you know? Did he? Yeah. I don't remember seeing it. Do you see it? Yes. And then you see his half lying there. But you don't see like his entrails hanging well, out. Well, they're not going to go that far. Obviously, it was a what was it PG thirteen? I mean, but they could. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> Chris. I, I guess it, yeah, it was PG thirteen. Like intestines hanging out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, no, I I've mean, seen a lot of Italian horror too. I, I mean, mean, oh man, <laughs> wow. Um, no thanks. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up. This episode 136 of the Soundcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to know what you thought of Captain Marvel or Alita Battle Angel and their original scores. If you'd like to let us know, you can do so 
by sending us an email to soundcast at tracksounds.com. Use our SpeakPipe widget on our south, uh, at our south, at our site, uh, which is thesoundcast.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Audio Soundcast or on Facebook. Dane, how can people find and follow you? Well, some of my facts that will prove that I am not a scroll is if you go to www.danewalkermusic.com, you can see me there. You can hear me there. You can go to SoundCloud and find me. You can go to YouTube and find me. And you can talk to me at Maestro Dane on Twitter. Awesome. And Kristen, how can people find and follow you? The easiest way to find me is on Twitter at KB for now. That's K-B-F-O-R-N-O-W. You can find Film Score Monthly online at fsmonlinemag.com. Also on Twitter at fsmonlinemag. We are going to be featuring an interview with Pinar Toprak for the March issue. So that's being worked on right now. It's not out, but it will be eventually in this lifetime. (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah go go check that out oh we're also going to be talking about michael uh to michael abels about us um which i'm oh, excited interesting. to you talking that. about us no oh you mean us <laughs> you're talking about them i mean i mean, I mean jordan peels us wait he did a movie about us healing us he did a movie about us you he guys know, know what that. i mean <laughs> i hope is your is your thing with Pinar Tobrek going to talk about her breaking the glass ceiling uh, for female composers? I'm not the writer on it, so... Oh, well. I think Dane might like to conduct that interview or do that. Oh, well, it happened earlier today, so sorry. Oh, he missed out. <laughs> missed out on that. Oh, well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at C. Coleman if you like. And if you don't like, then you can not follow me there, too. It works both ways. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until our next episode, we want to say Konichiwa. Um, let's talk spoilers then. Well, I mean, obviously we, she's not a Kree warrior. She's a a human who through explosion gets empowered by the, shall we say the Tesseract? Well, she's got Kree blood, right? Well, she ends up with Kree blood after this explosion, right? Through the transfusion. But I think the key that I think was missing for me that you realize at the, near the end that she is a captive traumatized woman figuring out that she's not does that make sense figuring out that she's not what oh a captive traumatized woman she starts to realize oh i'm being held captive and i'm being abused really by this cree guy and you know being taken advantage of and I can stop this. I don't have to be this. That element was missing and you didn't really see the light bulb turn on. You just kind of felt like she kind of realized like, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Was it missing though? I, I felt like it, it wasn't clear at the beginning. That's why I say mm-hmm. I want to go see it again because maybe it is clear at the beginning, but because I didn't know anything about her character, it was, I wasn't aware of it at the beginning. And now that I'm aware of it, I want to go back and see it and see if then I, I relate to her character more. Does that make sense? That's what I'm, that's what I, I came away with it thinking about it because, um, yeah, you realize that this, these 
Kree took her captive and they're taking advantage of her power and mentally manipulating her into not, um, not, not acting on her, not acting on her anger and all of that because they know her. I mean, basically they just want to keep her as a weapon. That's what that's all about. There's a bit of stock. There's a brainwashing. Right. Mm. That happens. Right. So, so do you say that in terms of that's why she's so blasé? Yeah, I think that's why, better so that's why she's so stoic. Blasé? She's kind of blasé. <laughs> I mean, she's stoic. I Maybe would, that's a better word. I would never say that Captain Marvel is blasé. I would say she was stoic. I don't, I don't think stoic is the right word either. Well, she just seems like she's not really, she's very military. She's very like... Yeah. Focus on military that. doesn't mean you have no emotion. No, I know, but what I mean is I she's a good soldier. She ha- Does that I make don't sense? think she had no emotion though. Whenever whenever she started expressing emotion, it was shut down by Jude Law's character. Right. Any emotion or just anger? Any t- I I felt like any like curiosity, anything that might anything that might be more human. Right. Um, he so shut that that's, down. that's where I think that sort of alien feeling comes from her. Hmm. That, that's what I, I, and that's what I'm saying. Anger. And that, was anger, anger was definitely the thing he was afraid of. He was definitely trying not to let her express her anger. Um, because then know, everything bursts into flames. You know, Incredible <laughs> Hulk and all that. Um, but, you know, the, the thing I was thinking, though, is like at the end, she cries. Remember mm-hmm. that scene? Where like the single tear trickles down, it was like mm-hmm. aha. Oh, she shed a tear. She didn't. Well, but but that's a good first step, right? Like sure. now she's starting to awaken to who she sure. is and accept it and, and realize her power and realize what she could do. And I just think that what was missing for me, and that's why I say, if I went back and saw it again, maybe I would view her differently than I yeah. did initially knowing completely nothing. And that's where I think the film sort of failed a little bit is that they could have introduced something, a line or, or something at the beginning of the film that let you clue in to that. I wish. I feel like that. there were clues though, because I mean, as soon as, man, as soon as we saw Korath, Jaman Hansu's character, we mm-hmm. should have known something was up. I no, mean, I just thought it, she was why? a gladiator. What? Why? Jamon Hunzu. No, he got his... no, not that part. Why, oh. when you saw Korath, did you think have to think something was up? Because, because... Korath was the bounty hunter for Ronan the Accuser in Guardians of the Galaxy. <gasps> yeah. Oh. And so what, what does that have to do with her? Because they're working with Ronan the Accuser, who's a Kree fanatic, who is basically... I don't... Looking to... Uh, Man, I need to do a better deep dive commit, on my Guardians you know, history here. Guardian, the galaxy wide genocide is his like goal. He wants well, Cree purity. Was he a Cree fanatic here, though? I mean, he's he obviously Cree. He but... was an active accuser at this point, and that is part of like that. There is there is a level of racial purity within the Cree. The the mm-hmm. so it's he ki- seemed it's a lot mellower. Of, he didn't seem like he was there. super radical yet, but. That's an interesting connection. I didn't, I, I didn't think about that, but that's a that's an interesting connection. But I still, all Jamon Hunsu was in Guardians. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice little connective spoke. But for me, I think the thing that would have made it make more sense if her character 
as Carol Danvers was more different than it than it was in the film. You know what I mean? Before she had her experience, I mean they they didn't. She she seemed pretty much the same to me. Um, she, yeah, I mean it didn't. There wasn't like a radical mm-hmm. change from who she was before and after to me. And and that's another, yeah, they could have addressed that more if they'd have really drilled down on the uh, emotional connection between her and, um, and um, Lashana Lynch's character. But I, there was totally an emotional connection between them. And especially with Monica, uh, the daughter. Absolutely. But it could have been deeper. It wasn't very demonstrative. It wasn't very, I didn't feel it. I knew I could. You could see it. It's like it was there in front of you. It's like, oh yeah, they're really close. It could have been a deeper. They could have had a scene that was that just expressed their relationship much more deeply, so you could feel very quickly, like, oh, there, there was a deep relationship here. And I don't understand. I totally felt a deep relationship. I think it's with because them. I'm a man. I they were I'm a man. they were each other's <laughs> wing women. I mean, it's it's not to me. It's not what is the level of the relationship is what is the level, what level does she express? And it's her level of expression to me that is really low. I felt um, like, I felt like the moment when she let, uh, is it Monica, the little girl? What's the name of the little girl? Monica. Monica. When she let her pick the colors of her uniform, that was like, a, 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 I was like, whoa, Okay. Like, there's more to this character than just this soldier. Okay, question to the listeners. Do women just have a really subtle emotional language when interacting with each other? Because I feel like I totally picked up on, like, a deep sisterly connection between these characters. Again, I don't think it's... I don't think it's... I don't doubt the level of the... Can I finish my point? I don't think it was their level of relationship i'm purely speaking of her brie larson carol danvers veers level of expression of whatever the relationship of any emotion at all anger happiness sadness frustration you name the emotion there's just it was a cap on how much she expressed and it didn't seem like there was a very big difference when she was carol danvers with her pals or our veers uh, as a Cree warrior. She, it seemed pretty much the same. So that's why had there been a bigger difference, I'm like, oh, okay, because she's gone through what all the stuff she's gone through, she's she's toned it way down. You know what I mean? Not that she had to be I, crazy person. I don't, though, because I, I, I felt a big difference between Carol Danvers and Veers. Hmm. So Interesting. I am, so I, I'm truly puzzled. Okay. Yeah, it that's just how that's just how that was my experience of it and felt like it was a little it was a little monotone, not monotone. It was just I think stoic actually is a pretty good she felt stoic to me. Um which is fine. I think in the right mix of characters, it would um it can be re- it could it would be great. And Fury helped with that a little bit, but it was really just kind of her and Fury. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, you have the right blend of, and maybe when we get to Endgame, you'll have that mixed characters where her her stoicism will be perfect and 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 be great because not everybody can be 
Robert Downey Jr. or Star-Lord, right? So, I don't know. It just, for her own movie, it was just a little bit, for me. I didn't find her stoic, though. I'm not, I, I find Black Widow stoic. But I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. But still, she has a little more zip to her. Really? Yeah. A lot more zip. A lot more. I don't. That's a really good point to bring her up. Hmm. She she has has something more going on for me. And I think that's what a lot of um, a lot of people are tuning into in terms of, of Brie Lar- uh, they're putting on Brie Larson. She's obviously a great actress, but the choice was clearly a choice. Uh, I don't know how well it resonated with folks. Go for I, it. I, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you. <laughs> I'm oh, okay. in full disagreement. Huh? <laughs> I'm in full disagreement. Carol Danvers isn't a, peppy outgoing character she's she's not she an need extroverted to be. character uh, so but see, yeah i think i, I think I'm that's the thing that's why that. i i think what i'm trying to say is that that's why i want to see it again because i think if i now that i know the whole story maybe i go back and watch it again and i'm like oh okay it's fine but i was just expecting something else i think i was expecting a different character than i saw are you expecting wonder woman I'm always expecting Wonder Woman. No, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I was. I had no. I think I. I'll tell you what it is. I didn't. There was no sense of adventure in this film for me at all. Mm. There was no sense of adventure. I did not feel like I was going on a ride with, uh, with an exciting person the entire mm. time. That doesn't mean that uh, I'm, you know, denying her character or anything. I, it, it, she, I did not find her exciting, and I couldn't yeah. figure out the whole time I was watching it. I was like, why am I not excited by this character? Usually, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter, you know, man or woman. If if you're exciting and you're interesting, I mean, let's face it, the Scarlet Witch is, she can be kind of stoic and sad and, and goth and depressing. You know what I mean? I'm not knocking goth and depressing and all that mess. I'm just saying. I'm just caveat, 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 caveat. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that she's not like bright and vivacious and all this mess. That's not where this is going. I'm not trying to, to put, to do that. Uh, Cause I do think that there, there is a, a crisis in men demanding women be of a certain type and that, you know, Hey, put on a smile for me or whatever. That's not what this is about. It just was more like I wasn't excited. Yeah. By the I, story. I agree. And, I agree. and there was nothing to Brie Larson's acting of the character that made me excited. Now, it could be that because I didn't know anything about Captain Marvel, see, you knew something about her. You know Carol Danvers and you know that. And yes, it's more than just a little pinch pinch of your hand. It's more like the big fish story. You knew lots about (laughs) still scrolling down. There's more. But but the point is, if if I had no, it could be that Brie Larson played Carol Danvers exactly as as Carol Danvers should be played. 
And that sounds like that's what you're saying. And had I known that, maybe but I too would have been like the problem. Wow. That's the problem. It's for for those who didn't know anything about her, you have to establish that within the within the film. And I don't think they if that was who she, if that's who she is, that's fine. It just didn't make for the most engaging character in the most engaging movie ever. But if that's her who her character is, she nailed it. But in the end, it was kind of like, mm, mm. I was, I'm not trying to change who she is. If that's who she is, that's fine. But they got to do something else to make the movie, for, to, to have made the movie a little more exciting for me in some way. shape. And that's why I put it on the writing and the directing, because there was nothing really spectacular to the very end really going on. I, I thought it was, it was pretty thin and pretty meh. Um, but that's just me. That's just me. Us, it's us. But we're we're men, and that might be no. Me. I'm not. I'm, no, I I, I think do. I think there's an inherent problem with origin stories. We sort of get the same thing with Iron Man, where Tony Stark is kind of a douchebag for the entire first film, and he doesn't get any nuance to his character. Yeah, but he's until funny. The third, until the third film. So, well, that's that's very true. She was I, funny. No. <laughs> nope. They wrote they wrote funny lines or attempted to. <laughs> no, she wasn't funny. I mean, there were funny moments. I, I you know, I, I think one of the the most interesting moments was when she peeked over the the Mallrats uh, script and and looked at Stan Lee, and then they had that. That was a great. That was like awesome. Oh, Stanley. Oh, by the way, the opening Marvel. Oh my gosh, I was. That crying. was the best moment of the whole movie. I was like, <laughs> oh. That was, it was every practically time a standing ovation in the oh theater. Oh my gosh, that was so that incredible. was fantastic. Yes, that, that was the best moment. That was the most, I, I the most emotion I felt. In the movie was Absolutely. that it was great. Wow, it was great. My daughter and I it looked at each other and we were just like, oh, <laughs> that was yeah, that was really great. Um, well, the twist. Let's let's hit that up really fast. On behalf of introverted stoic women. I say you're wrong. <laughs> I'm introverted, <laughs> but I'm not stoic. I'm introverted as well. You are stoic, though, Chris. I mean, totally. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally stoic. <laughs> I'm totally. I'm, My I'm nana very, called me stoic. stoic. <laughs> but that's so funny, Kristen, because I would never call you stoic. I wouldn't either. But if I was in a superhero film, are you I'd calling be, my nana be, wrong? <laughs> I would never do such a thing ever. I would be just like Brie Larson was in Captain Marvel if I was in a superhero film. And like, like, dude, <laughs> you got to give me more. You got to, you got to do something for me. Hey, on that note, uh, being Hook, did you guys see Hook? Yeah. No, I've never heard of that. What Hook? in the blockbuster video? She stands up, Hook. and behind her was Hook. In video, yeah. I was like, "This is awesome!" <laughs> it's always good to give Hook a little, a little shout out. Absolutely. Oh wait, I, I made... do think your point, Kristen, is very well said and brought up in terms of men and women and how women can detect that stuff better um, than men do. I do think that's. I mean, more I don't know true. about you, but I can have an entire conversation with my best friend without saying anything. Yeah, that's man, not we a men cannot do that. <laughs> that's not a conversation. That's... Now we can, we can, like in the wire, we can have a whole conversation with each other using a curse word. 
and completely understand each other. However, we cannot. But you have to express something. Yeah, you can't just look at each other and be like, and instantly come away with, my soul was moved by that conversation. It just doesn't happen for men. There is a difference there. Yeah. But I don't know if that's what's going on here, but that's a good point. And maybe that is what's going on. I don't know. All right, let's talk about the twist really fast. Yeah. I'm so glad they made the twist. Reinterpretation of the scrolls. Yeah, because I thought, man, these are going to be the worst since Malekith and the Dark Angels. <laughs> these guys are going to be horrible because they look, they look evil, they look bad. So you're just like, okay, well. And my God, if if what's his name, who played the the main bad guy? Mendelssohn. If Mendelssohn plays one more bad guy, I was like, this. I is, swear I was, to God, ever since. Ready Player One. I'm just like I can't see him play that same. <laughs> no, he was role in Rogue One again. first. Yes, whatever. Which uh, anything with the, same, the one in it, same person, the, the same villain. I'm so glad they switched that up. I was like, oh, it was pretty awesome, actually. You. It was. I really, it, it really, it was it. good. That that was good casting and good direction because Jude mm-hmm. Law could go either way too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. was great casting of those two characters for sure. Um, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. so glad that Going they did in, that. Even even I even made a skulls are evil joke in my Twitter, you know, going in when I lost my press invitation, and oh. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, the scrolls put it in my spam." <laughs> um, <laughs> but throughout and, the comics, it's always been you know, scrolls are bad. You know, they were bad guys for Fantastic Four for Marvel, and you know, the Kree are pretty bad too. But I mean. I, yeah. I I went in with all of this scroll bad bias, so yeah. So it's it it did take me by surprise. Yeah, I, it was well done. I'm so glad they did it. It it needed it. The movie really needed that switch up. And and Mendelssohn, the way he plays it after the reveal, it's like I loved him, <laughs> but before yeah, yeah. I was like no more. Especially when he was in human form, I was like, oh god, I'm gonna hate the rest of this movie. So I'm so glad they changed it up. Uh, any other spoiler points you'd like to bring up? Uh, this, uh, this movie, you go first. This movie bummed me out for Endgame. Why? Because they have the Tesseract and Marvel. They're unstoppable. That's no fun. They don't have the they Tesseract. They don't have the Tesseract. But Cad barfed it up at the end of the movie. Yeah, but in then Endgame, Luke and they stole it back. And then yeah, you've got the and whole, then it's, all of the it's MCU in the gauntlet. He's got it. It's in yeah. the gauntlet, bro. Oh, the it's Tesseract's in the, in the gauntlet? Well, well the, then why did the, they have the, the stone that's up? in the... That's in 1995. Because they had to make a hairball joke at some point. It was... And it was horrible. Oh, it was a horrible I, end credit. I was watching that and I was like, oh, every damn morning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have so two a hairball cats. every morning? I have two cats. Oh, I thought you did. I'm sorry. Gross. <laughs> Ah. I'm sneezing already. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so yeah, no, he, he doesn't have the test. They don't have the test right. He's got it, essentially, in the but I whatever that, space stone. Uh, so I thought that sequence happened because you can hear the police sirens in the background, just like the police sirens in the background at the end of, uh, end of Infinity War. No, I'm wrong. This is 95 please, when that happens. Please, please. Please, okay, so the cat and the barfing up of the Tesseract happened long before. Long ago, yeah. And the Tesseract is part of the gauntlet. 
it's like the space stone is inside it. Is that the one that's inside yes. it? And so, yeah, he's got all of them. So, so what was the point of that sting at, shot then? At, okay, so at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, they are in the uh, the Coda scene. They're talking about how if they don't get him back, he might, uh, they might, he might fall into a time right. loop. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think that might be their loophole. If if Scott can do that, there might be a way to go back and get the go S-hat. back before the snap. And I don't know <laughs> after that, but you know. So you're saying that there are loopholes that the, that the <laughs> the cat barfing up the tesseract could in fact be part of the solution. I mean, they'd have to rinse it off first, but yeah. Why? Why? I mean, (laughs) I don't get why that changes anything. I don't know. I'm just trying to make connections with the tiny little phrase of string that we have. Well, well, you've seen the Endgame trailer, right? No. Oh, you haven't? You haven't seen any of the Endgame trailers? How can you not? Because I I kind of want to go in as blank as possible. Okay, I won't say anything then. Won't say anything then. But you watched the end. You watched the mid-credit scene, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, speaking of that flipping cat and Nick Fury's eye, I thought that was horrible. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely horrible. I, I just see, like man, that's, that's what happened. He lost an eye and lost his joie de vivre. So that's that's that, why there was such a change. Like no. No, that's not how he lost his eye. <laughs> it's just, I just reject it outright. I thought that was terrible. I loved that. And then when he's, because he says in Winter Soldier, I think, he says, the, la- the last time I trusted someone, I lost my eye. He's talking about that freaking cat? Like, no way. I just, mm-mm. That kind of stuff. I was just like, just leave that out. I thought they were playing, messing with us when he got that thing above his eye. I was like, oh, they're they're messing with us. Just like he got a little wound above his eye before the cat thing. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, just to kind of tease us. And then they went and did it. I was like, oh, man. Maybe it's just... a red herring. Maybe he just has the patch on to like heal it up. And that'll like come off, and there's some. I don't think the eyeballs. I think that pretty much was definitive. It's gone. Yeah, it's got eye is gone. Oh right, the glass eyes. Yeah, Yeah. his eyes gone. You have a you have a big choice to make there, Agent Fear. Did you got you got you liked it? You liked it, Kristen. You liked the scratch eye out. She has two cats. I have two cats. (laughs) But I mean, but. Uh, I get. Does that influence? That gets irritated, you? man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Dane, did you like it? I thought it was pretty hysterical. Actually, I hear your point, though. Okay. Of course, uh, he's going to make a bigger deal out of it than it is. He's not going to tell people he lost his eye because of, a, you know, a flirk. What were the names of? What's it? What is he? Flirkin. A flirkin. A flirkin. That's he said right. a mother flirkin too when he scratched his eyes. Said, mother flirkin. Mother flirkin. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh at that, uh, but then I thought, wait, please don't let this be how he loses his eye, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I hope they re retcon it to be something else. <laughs> um, okay, any other spoiler things so we can get to talking about our standout tracks? Uh, yes, I have one more. Uh, 
Monica, the daughter of Maria. Major spoiler, Monica Rambeau is the previously mentioned Captain Marvel of the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a major character in the comics. Mm. Um, and she later went on to be Photon, which was Monica, which was Maria Rambeau's call sign mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, she was also known as Pulsar, and I think Spectrum was one of her other names. Why does she keep changing names? Because superheroes in Marvel Comics change names a lot for some reason, especially if <laughs> okay. they're associated with the X-Men. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but if I remember correctly, the Captain Marvel that's in this, the 2012 era Captain Marvel, right? She's mm-hmm. a complete reboot of the whole thing, right? Like the mm-hmm. Monica Rambeau from the 80s. Monica Rambeau had to, had to do with Marvel also. Right, right. So it's really cool. In my theater, they did uh, a whole thing. They actually discussed the history of the character and, and the whole timeline. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that they be, I thought Marvel abandoned all that past Captain Marvel history to create mm-hmm. this Captain Marvel. I don't think so. Because okay, okay. Carol Danvers was Ms. Marvel. That I understood throughout this whole time, right? But I and that now there's to... a new Ms. Marvel that's uh, Kamala Khan. Really? Um, yeah, she wears like pink and yellow or something, right? Uh, no, I think she still has red and black. Oh, really? I thought I saw her in pink for some reason. Maybe she's a young girl. Yes, young uh, Middle t- Eastern girl. Yeah, she's a teenager. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I really hope that she comes up in like. Does something with Spider-Man. I think that, oh, would, that be would be cool. cool. That would be <laughs> to very have, cool. Like a little teen heroes thing. Yeah. Uh, the other thing cool. that popped into my mind is um, Monica was a little girl in this movie, but in the current continuity, she would be adult age by That's now. That's true. Yeah. Um, so if they did, you know, if something happened and she became Photon or something, I think that would be really cool because Monica Rambeau was a hell of a character. So hmm. okay. I, I would be very pleased with that. Hmm. I, I, I like all the setups. Nice. Very nice. Ooh, also, quickly, we all mentioned CG face. CG face is getting freaky now. Oh, Sam Jackson looked amazing. It did a good job. They had some they uncanny valley hairline, though. It was, some of that was, oh. Yeah, it was, was pretty good. I was freaked out by their hairlines, but the rest of their faces. I mean, the whole movie, Sam Jackson and I was like, "This looks really good." Like, it, yeah, yeah. Marvel's got it. I mean, they've they've done they've done it good a few times. And I mean, they 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 did that with Michelle Pfeiffer, but that was kind of only for a couple of minutes, and that was yeah. really great. But to sustain or, it for a whole movie, what's his face, uh, Michael Douglas? They yeah. did it a couple times with him, and it was like, wow, that looks really good. Kurt Russell looked awesome. That one I didn't like. Did he? Well, he looked better than the previous aging. I mean, like, it's been getting better and better and yeah, better. Yeah, it's, it's been getting better, and now it's weird. <laughs> yeah, the Kurt Russell one I wasn't down with, but the Clark the Greg Douglas, one wasn't as great. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little. I feel like he has one mushy. of those faces that needs to have more movement in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it 
it was a little weird. His was mm-hmm. weird, but they spent the money on Sam Jackson because he was front and center a lot. Yeah. So they had to spend the money on him. So yeah. I wonder if it has to do with how much uh, footage they have to pull from. You know, some Sam Jackson no in the nineties. We have a lot of Sam Jackson. Are they just like overlaying Pulp Fiction? Exactly. It didn't really look like him from well, the nineties, though. I mean, yeah, I and mean, Clark read. He he was around in the nineties. He he was on Law and Order for an episode. He was a love interest in Sex and the City. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> well, he was on commercials selling pharmaceuticals, and they showed that in our theater right before the movie, which made me laugh. <laughs> Funny. 